Good afternoon, dear colleagues. It's my pleasure to introduce Professor Dr. Rubens Meneses to you. Uh, Rubens is uh, a historian by profession, interestingly, um, but an, a, a very specific historian uh, because he was always interested in uh, the uh, uh, in, in legal issues, in particular issues of intellectual property, open access, uh, open data, and similar issues. Uh, and that's also the reason why we met. Uh, we met in Hanover um, many years ago, I'm afraid to, and I'm, uh, I'm not even sure yet uh, when exactly, Rubens, but it's quite some time ago that we met um, in Hanover, uh, dealing together on issues of IP and IT law. Um, he is by profession a member um, of um, an educational institution in Brazil, in particular the, I, I'm sorry for my Portuguese in this case, uh, the Centro Estadual de Educação Tecnológico Paulo Sousa, or CTEPS, which is a public institution that belongs to the state government of Sao Paulo and is connected to the Secretariat of Economical Development. It's an institution that is spread through the state. The institution manages, and now please hold your breath, 223 technical schools and 73 state colleges of technology with more than, and now hold your breath again, 290,000 students in vocational courses integrated with secondary education and technological higher um, education. So it's really a huge institution uh, that you belong to, Rubens, and I'm really glad that uh, you found the time to come back to, uh, to me, to all the, uh, the times that we had together in this very, very tiny little department in Hanover. Um, and, and I would like to start uh, with a very basic and probably stupid question, but still for many Europeans, important question, obviously, because the information on Brazil is not that, uh, that broad, I would say. So how exactly is the situation in Brazil at the moment, so in August 2020, when it comes to COVID-19? And then in the second stage, how is the situation um, at your institution? It's good to be here with, with you, Nicolas, again. And uh, I would bet it's over, over 10 years yeah. we're in Hanover. But uh, <laughs> let's, let's not talk about it. Um, uh, this, this situation here in Brazil is probably as dire as the news you are getting there. Um, this Saturday, we reached the landmark of uh, over 100,000 deaths mm -hmm. due to COVID-19. And um, I don't know, we are borderline of 3 million contaminated people. And uh, if you look through my window, you would not say that because almost everything is working, business as usual, you know? And, and there's an interesting, uh, it, it, I, I I am as shocked as anyone who's listening to me saying these things. So uh, I've been deeply thinking about why are we in this situation. Because uh, actually Brazil was the country that uh, pushed the uh, uh, World Health Organization to declare that COVID-19 was a pandemic. So it's not that we didn't knew about it and we're not seeing it. So we saw that, we saw it coming. And in my point of view, the state of the situation now is a very cold-blooded, uh, rational economic decision. Uh, there was a political decision made to go, go on in life, you know, and let's see what happens. So some preparations were made. We got campaign hospitals. Uh, we organized some some kind of social distancing, but not a lot of social distancing. And it was in the beginning looking like it was going to be okay, but it it started to being relaxed and relaxed and relaxed to the point now that we are actually discussing the coming back of the classes, mm -hmm. uh, children to be back in school. And, and that's beyond me, beyond my understanding. But it's not beyond my understanding because uh, it's exposing a very deep fracture of a, a very powerful social divide we, hear, we have here, a very 
people is really poor when they are poor. So that's that's what's happening now. You know, people have to get back to work. They need to work, and they are going to work. So, and when they are going to work, this means they are going to work without any. I mean, are there any you know the typical European rules, which is uh, wear face masks. Uh, there should be a minimum distance between you and the and the person you talk got, to. No, we got all the rules. We are practically Europeans. You know, we yeah. got the same rules. We got everything uh, two meter rule, and it's legislation to wear masks and everything else. But if you walk on the streets, you see people with uh, masks on their chins mm -hmm. <laughs> or with the mask and their nose out because it's not a cultural thing here. And uh, it's kind of hard to, to, to explain to people what's happening. And we were caught in a, a kind of cultural war like the one in, in the United States about this whole masks and... Mm -hmm how if you it, it became kind of an ideological thing for some people and it's distressing mm -hmm. uh, but uh, uh, there was i don't i will not remember who said that now but uh, there is uh, brazil there, there was a foreigner that once said it was kind of a delinja was the name of the country because it's a kind of a mixture of uh, belgium and india it depends where you are walking so that's the main problem here because the deaths they are concentrated in the low-income areas mm -hmm. and, and and there, there are places that you simply you simply can't uh, enforce uh, uh, social isolation no not the, the adequate sanitary conditions in housing a lot of people in the same room living together uh, whole families in a in single room accommodations so it's 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 a difficult situation and and there was this in my opinion cynical uh, decision by politicians it's not even fair to say all the politicians if you take the governor of sao paulo for example uh in the beginning he was looking like oh look we are going to be with all the correct rules in place but the economic pressure was too big even for him uh, the the main reason we are discussing the, the opening of the schools now is the pressure of the private schools because they are losing a lot of money because they are losing students because they're not having classes and the pressure they're exerting on government is really big to get back but and that will be that will be a carnage in my opinion you know if 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 we, the way things are now we reach the hundred thousand deaths if you get back to schools working we got a statistic here that 70 percent of elderly people do live in houses that there are children living with them so it's it's the recipe for a for an even bigger problem and, and that will uh, connect us soon with the law aspects of it all because there are there are i believe two or three challenges already of uh of our president in the international courts uh, being accused of genocide by negligence mm -hmm. and, and i'm i think there is a case in there mm -hmm. yep and uh <laughs> i'm sorry to be bleak <laughs> yeah i mean uh on the one hand you say that I mean, people don't have an alternative than starting some kind of day-to-day -day life again. And on the other hand, you say that there is some kind of genocide by negligence happening. But I don't think that both things at the same time can be true, right? So either there is no other option or um, it's, uh, it's a crime not to do anything. I, I will, I will uh, put it in, in more details. Uh, there is in one side a very big uh, pressure from economic agents. Since from the beginning, we got the most staggering declarations from business, important businessmen in Brazil saying that, uh, yeah, people will die, it's life. So, uh, and <laughs> uh, people will die, but we can't stop the economy. 
Uh, and uh, what you have is a very negligent central government that is just uh, denying from the beginning that even the pandemic is a problem. Uh, we got a declarations like it's just a small flu and uh, all the uh, coordinated actions that should be taken by the central government to create some kind of safety network or to protect or to establish even ground rules uh, it was it was not done by the central government it was done by the state governments and with their capacities they are really varying capacities the, the state i am now sao paulo it's really able to to establish its own rules and even buy equipments and everything uh, but other states are not that well equipped and um, there is also this denial posture of the this denial position that uh, it's not uh, first it's not even happening and two there is this hydroxychloroquine thing that is being sold as a as a miracle cure or kind of snake oil that will have uh, it's 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 stressful to say the least but it, it's a there is a lot of responsibility in the central government for not even taking care of the basic actions and is sao paulo doing better than other states uh that's debatable uh sao paulo is the biggest state in the federation even population wise and money wise uh, but it's also the state with more deaths uh, than every, every, every other state. Uh, I believe it, it is. We, we got a really real serious situation in, in the Amazon, in Manaus. And there are, we have scientists discussing with papers published in, in respected journals that we might have reached uh, herd immunity in the Amazon region. Because the numbers are stable and they're going down and nothing happened and just there was a really huge peak of deaths. They they wasn't even prepared to deal with the bodies. They were literally having mass graves and all of a sudden it kind of normalized itself and it entered. So there's even a discussion now if we, we could have reached herd immunity there and we might be reaching herd, herd immunity in other places. Mm -hmm. and but, but, uh, sorry. No, I was just going to say that the, the whole administration of the crisis is, in my view, uh, it will be discussed in history, but it's, it was a criminal uh, negligence for sure. Mm. Well, they left people true. Mm. They're lucky. And are there, I mean, how, are there any tests ongoing? So how do you know? I mean, or... We, do... we have, we have, um, we have a, a very good uh, test system in Sao Paulo now. Mm -hmm. Not for everywhere. You can, you can drive your car and have a test in the, through the window of your car. You just pay for it and there, there, there are tests around. Uh, in the beginning, there was no tests and... Mm -hmm. There are a lot of states that even now they don't have uh, tests. I, I believe we are on the, the limit capacity of testing people here. Mm -hmm. uh, and that makes it very difficult to say whether the numbers uh, are stable or not, right? So um, uh, I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm telling you only the official numbers, mm -hmm. but it, the, the thing got so bad that at some point the, the government uh, took a decision two months ago, I believe, three months maybe, they took a decision. The numbers were every, every day were getting worse and worse and worse. And when we reached a thousand deaths a day, they decided they would not uh, uh, put the numbers out anymore because mm -hmm. it was uh, not mm -hmm. helping every, anything. And then the, the media consortium of many different papers and websites and TVs and radios, they made a consortium so they monitored the individual numbers of states and cities, and they made a compilation and published a, a daily figure. 
Mm. But we are we are in the thousands daily deaths, mm. which is terrible. And yeah, it's terrible, but it's kind of invisible because mm. uh, people they will die away. They will not die in their or their families. They will die. You you'll not see. You know, we mm. have two hundred and so billion uh, million people in Brazil. So it's a it's a, it's a huge number that nobody sees. And and the hospital how's the situation in the hospitals then? I mean, do, do, some uh, some places they are on top of their capacity. And uh, if, if I'm paying more attention to São Paulo for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. and, and to Rio, the the situation in Rio tends to always be uh, bleak also. But uh, uh, in São Paulo, we are oscillating between seventy percent and sometimes ninety percent. It depends what, when you look and at what hospitals and what place of the state you are looking at. Uh, but we are we are not over capacity, but we are on always working on on the limit of the, of the capacity. And this is because the poor who are infected don't make it to the hospitals, or how can that be then? I think they make to the hospitals. We got a really big. Uh, yeah, installed capacity. Uh, we have uh, campaign hospitals like the military run with barracks uh, that were uh, implemented in, inside of stadiums or around mm-hmm. uh, big places. And uh, I got, uh, as I, I told you before, I, I have family that work in this uh, their doctor. And uh, the stories they tell me and the, the descriptions of how things are happening we are working on the verge of the uh, of our, our capacity, but uh, we we have public help here in Brazil. So in that, um, in this, everybody can be assisted, and uh, a lot of people they fell ill and they will recover. But um, even though the numbers are really big, mm-hmm. we are we are second only to the to the United States. I know. Yeah, yeah. Terrible. And when it comes to your to your uh, university now, Rubens, how is the situation there? So students were off campus and they are expected now to return, or they are. I I remember they're off campus and we have no date to return yet. I remember that I I I uh, we have a, a a meeting yesterday through electronic means of the faculty and. Uh, my uh, my dean uh, re- remembered that I was three days before we we started uh, to, to to tell everybody to stay home. I was in his in his office and I said to him, you know, um, the end of the world is coming. I really like everybody here and everything that's happening, but I'm going to stay home from Monday, you know. Mm-hmm. And I I told them him that in a in a, in a Tuesday, and and, and the, on Friday, his, uh, there was the news that everybody was supposed to stay home. So mm-hmm. you, 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 you just uh, mentioned the numbers of my institution, Centro Paula Souza. It's a really big institution, really dispersed through all the state, and we got all uh, levels of education. And uh, we migrated to an online platform and we started to give online classes in the snap of a finger. Uh, we, we got some pre-arrangements uh, with companies and uh, the stuff were in place and we just uh, migrated everything in a month. We got up, we anticipated the, the break, uh, the vacation of everybody, we anticipated for a month and put everything together and in, a, in, the, in this Based of a month, we are having uh, online classes, and this we are we finished the semester. We started the semester presential uh, with everybody in class, but we we finished it uh, on two weeks, two weeks ago. We finished it all online, and it went uh, incredibly well and smooth. And it was a transition that everybody's kind of surprised at how well it, uh, mm-hmm. it, it went. And everybody's discussing now that uh, when the pandemic ends, 
a lot of this stuff we we've done and we learned that we could keep for the future yeah what for example what are the positive things that you would like to keep oh the whole uh, uh given the online classes and the engagement of the students we we were really embraced by the students they they really understood the situation and everybody put their best to to complete the, the tasks there are some specific uh, uh, fields that you really need to be in a lab and have machines operating uh, chemicals and mechanical stuff and but uh, even for these situations we managed to make social distancing and put just few students at a time in place so uh, there was a lot of uh, learning of how to how to make things more efficient to work in a in a digital age mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and we got all kinds of of, of, of teachers uh, professors we got a, a professors that were fully digital like myself and the ones that were fully on paper and everybody became digital enough Mm -hmm. in a mm -hmm. which is a very idealistic way of seeing things right so uh, that that everyone became digital within a month um in such a big institution so no. uh, yeah, we, we, we have to try <laughs> <laughs> to see the light yeah let me ask uh rubens how many how many students do you have in a typical class you as a teacher i i will range from 20 to 30 so that's a small class right also a small it's, class yeah a small class and um but you never it. have 200 or 2000 or so uh, you personally no, i mean no 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 we, we don't have that in my institution the tops would be 40. okay so it's for, always for, very small classes okay yeah mm -hmm. 40 45 if everything went wrong in the semester before but it, but it's rare. I never seen. Okay, and and this is I mean this is uh, unthinkable for a typical European university, as you know, where where the, yes. at least in the first year classes have sizes of several hundreds and in some cases even thousands of students, uh, which makes it obviously uh, more complex to 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 address them uh, by electronic means. Yeah, you, you can get in, uh, they can have individual feedbacks, and it will be yeah. I I could I can see it will be problematic. Mm -hmm. uh, here, even if we have a, in in my institution, if we have a, a we start to go way higher than forty students in a class, uh, the central administration will break this class in two different classes and assign another teacher for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you use for the interaction with your students, you said before um, the, we started this uh, on YouTube, you told me that you are using Moodle. So just like uh, like yeah. many the, of the us do, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's it. The institution adopted the Microsoft Teams as a mm -hmm. platform, but it, it does not prevent us to use other things. And uh, uh, the problem we, we really got here is that not all students got the machines and the connections yeah uh, that's what i would as, like to ask as next question yeah, yeah. The, uh, they, they, they don't have that so we we got a situations with the students in, in, uh, without conditions to have a powerful machines mm -hmm. so uh, in this situation uh, 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 we are free to to opt to whatever means we want to to mm -hmm. go on with the classes so uh, uh, I personally use Moodle. A lot of my colleagues use Moodle. We have a Moodle that uh, I'm mm -hmm. the administrator for a long time, and uh, it's way uh, lighter to to work in tablets or even in cell phones. Mm -hmm. And to, to students that does not have a, uh, fast enough or have any connections to an internet, the the institution provided them with the SIM cards. Uh, mm -hmm data sync card so they could connect to, to the classes if they had a smartphone and if, yeah that's that's uh, but uh, our, our numbers uh, that's an, an important thing to to, to say uh, it's a very diverse uh, 
audience it will vary from cities and from neighborhoods within the cities and uh, our numbers show that uh, the majority of the time it worked mm-hmm. you know I, I i personally can have i can criticize the process for a long time but in general it worked a lot we have institutions here universities that they are still without classes mm-hmm. and they are now trying to figure out how they will how will they get back mm-hmm. and uh in, in this in this vision i i would say that we it, it was fortunate to be mm-hmm. in, in the position we were and the professors do they use their personal equipment or are all of them using university uh, no. equipment everybody uses their personal equipment but we mm-hmm. we used to do that before uh, mm-hmm. we when we are going to have give classes on, on in inside um, we can have the the computer of the of the university and ask for it and they will install on the class for us but nobody really goes to the trouble you know it's better to have your own machine so everybody gets uh, have their own machine so i, I in my uh, my institution is focused on my my unity is focused on the computer science so it's kind of everybody mm-hmm. have the computer mm-hmm. I, i don't know and i don't know yeah that could be i mean but if somebody is i don't know a professor of latin or i don't know or or german uh, not necessarily no. No, our, our language professors, they are all connected way okay. more than others because mm-hmm. they, they have these groups and meetings and everything. They are mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a long time online. I would, I would, I would imagine that um, um, agronomy, sciences and... Law, law. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> law. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. still, you would That's say that point. overall it worked, right? So overall it worked. Uh, it worked. Also from, it worked. Yeah. It worked. I, if you if you asked me in March what mm-hmm. would happen, I would just tell you, okay, it's all going to mm-hmm. to be a a, a a a maximum scale failure. And mm-hmm. it was not. It really worked. It's mm-hmm. kind of impressive. And are you planning to to for the next term now to return to to campus, or will it be just like the last term? We don't know. Our our classes will start on Monday, restart on Monday. On Monday, and you Monday. know you don't know today, so no, no, we, we we will we will restart online. Oh, we don't that's know already clear. Back. Okay, it's mm-hmm. already clear. We don't know until what point we'll be back. Uh, mm-hmm. What institution is saying and what we you can say is that uh, probably we'll have some classes that will be back uh, presential because mm-hmm. we really need some labs. But in this case, we'll have probably a third of the students very spaced away inside of the lab in different uh, times. Mm-hmm. And that will be how it will be done. And, and the majority of the classes will probably be still online. Even when we get back, I am imagining, and I talk to other people, it will be back 30 to 35% of the classes will be presential and the others will still be uh, mm-hmm. remote because it's it's too big of a risk you know yeah and your your classes will be online from monday onwards so you you my, personally my classes, will, yeah, yeah I, i have history classes and i have computer science classes and everything that i teach can work from yeah from the computer okay. and it's kind of lonely but yeah Do you do you have any details about what's going to happen in law? So when it comes to the legal I, education, I think uh, they will follow suit and there'll be everything will be online too for mm-hmm. a, for some time. But uh, I, I even uh, I, I took the liberty of uh, collect some facts here mm-hmm. because that's that's something that I I've been uh, paying attention for a long time, as you said. Uh, so. Uh, a lot of the law activity in Brazil, it already happens online. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the judicial process and everything, it, it's everything virtual and online and all the lawyers got their uh, cryptographic pins to see the, the, the ongoing process and everything. 
Uh, mm -hmm. We started, uh, we have the first uh, uh, online process here in Brazil in 2009. Mm -hmm. uh, in 2010, we got a, a law that uh, started to create uh, rules for the use of video conferencing, interrogations, and this kind of, uh, of mm -hmm. procedures because uh, the law in 2010 in 2010 it was necessary because a lot of this of, of process were already happening online and they just have to put some ground rules to it mm -hmm. so i believe all a lot of activities will be uh, remote and online too i know that here in sao paulo the law firms they can uh, the government authorizes them to work uh, to have uh, off, off time if uh, uh, social distancing is respected and if they are not receiving clients in office. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, that's... I mean, uh, one of the one of the questions that I that are in my view very obvious are is the following. I mean, if if you we started this conversation with the description of a very chaotic situation, I would say, um, and. Yeah. Uh, and one of the expectations one would have would be that the legal system as a whole reacts on this chaos in a way, right? So that that there are more stricter laws, and I know I, the fines go up, and you know that uh, civil procedures are uh, more eminent than before, and so on. Uh, but but when I understand you between the lines, that is not really happening, is it? No, it's not really happening. I, I believe all the uh, new events about legislation we have, it's all about the wearing of masks and fines. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I'm really, I'm really, uh, uh, I, I, I get really surprised by everything, but uh, they're discussing to, to open the beaches in Rio uh, this weekend. Mm -hmm. And there is a law, <laughs> and there is an app, and mm -hmm. you you will be able to book your mm -hmm. space, your square on the on the on the beach through the app, and and that's I a COVID I, app. Is this a specific COVID nineteen app or a specific COVID nineteen app that will be rolled out for test, and uh, you can book your <laughs> your, your space, your, your personal app, space yeah. at the beach. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen a picture of a sunny day of the of beach course. in Rio? Yeah, of course, I know. I, I, I am kind of, I'm really, okay, let's do it. Let me see what will happen, you know, because it's, it's amazing that they're even considering that. But uh, for all that matter, shopping malls are already, already open. Hmm. Closed environments with, oh, they're saying, oh, we have hand sanitizers and we have social distancing you will not catch me inside the shopping mall before there is a proven vaccine yeah but you are you know i mean is this something where people don't know about the facts or do they ignore them or what 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 is the thinking behind this i was discussing that with friends and uh i a friend of mine told me something that i I was really angry and about everything, and she just said to me, Rubens, uh, the vaccine is social. People will be fed up. They will just stop to stop worrying a lot, and they will just go on with life. It's mm. being normalized. It's mm. being socially normalized. There will be people like me, of course, but it's they are since March locked in their houses and but, but I'm well I'm really privileged in the whole situation I can do that mm -hmm. I can be here in my home and be teaching my classes from here and I can ask for delivery of food and stuff I only go out if I really have to go out that's why I, I look like a castaway mm -hmm. but uh, it, it's not something that is available to everybody in Brazil there's mm -hmm. a, a, a there's a, a a big part of the population that it's just have no options and, and that's 
that's connects with something that we yeah but i mean you don't need to go to the beach right so i mean this is still something where people take yeah. the risk in the way for for having a relaxed sunday afternoon uh, yeah and and that's beyond me mm. and it's beyond a lot of brazilians but there are others that will just and there is something that i was reading about uh, the youth in europe also that they just don't see the covid 19 as a threat to themselves and there was that little moment of selfishness that was just okay nothing will happen to me and they don't really start to think about the whole spreading connections they will be establishing mm -hmm. so and what about your students did they did you receive such reactions from your students when when everything went um, I got to remote teaching I got to the uh, uh, majority of my students kind of enjoy it they like the the model uh there was the side effect that uh, usually more shy students that will not interact with you in classroom in presence they start to interact a lot that mm -hmm. was something that we we noticed that was an interesting surprise and uh, uh a lot of my students they have to work uh our classes here there's something that sometimes the people in europe does not uh, uh, catch in the first moment but i i, I teach classes in, uh, uh, during the night because mm -hmm. during the day my students are probably working of mm -hmm. course we in such a big institution like mine we have uh, classes in the three periods but uh, uh the majority of them will happen at night so when they are having an online class they don't have to have the uh, uh, to go to the yeah. to the to the unit that's a, a plus for a lot of them and i got a lot of students they they kept work during the pandemic i i, I got one student in particular that he was a it guy uh, inside of a hospital and mm. he every every night that he was he would be describing me how it was uh stuff to me and to his colleagues uh how things were happening in the hospital and the day he went to the to have for some reason to go to the icu mm. and i was like oh, are you crazy you entered there oh no it's okay i have a mask and i have gloves and it didn't touch anything so mm. people start to normalize it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. scarily enough yeah, but still, I mean, there's one interesting point here, which is that your students see, or some of them at least, see the advantages of staying at home instead of normalizing the disease. Which brings me to the question which is asked by one of our listeners here. Uh, he, asked, he or she asks whether you believe that online classes would remain popular even with the end of the pandemic situation. I'm sure of that. Mm -hmm. I'm sure of that they will be, that's that's a, a, a game changer that's a, a shift that we were seeing that uh, I believe I told you before we are kind of uh, I was personally anticipating that for five to ten years from now and what we have what, what you mean we got this teaching was, situation or the pandemic? This, no, this teaching situation. This teaching yes. situation no, not, yeah. not the pandemic. Well, no. there were people who knew that something like this could come, right? So it was, I mean, yeah. not many of them, but some of them were there. Yeah, <laughs> they are the... Yeah, yeah. 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 but you, they, you they may... Were, yeah. They were treated like the crazy person in mm -hmm. the village, that said. No, I was already talking with many of my colleagues and I was saying, you know, this thing that we do here, it's coming to an end. Mm -hmm. It's changing. Everything is changing. This, this kind of situation or our situation will be preserved because we are a public school where we belong to the government. We have a, a lot of a social impact on what we do. But in the private sector, the classes will be online soon. I was projecting five years. Mm -hmm. Then, in the worst case scenario and here we are hmm. fast forward yeah but i i think i mean i don't know how your perception of this is i would like to share 
mind with you on this. Uh, so first, I, I think I was very same, of the very same opinion 10 years ago or 20 years ago or even 30 years ago. So things develop much slower than I would have expected. And what I see at the moment is, is that many of my colleagues um, don't see the change now either, right? So they, they see this as some kind of, you know, strange period uh, that has a lot of uh, <laughs> unpleasant <laughs> side effects also when it comes to teaching, but it will end. Uh, and then the old normal will return. Um, and, and would you, would you, I mean, is this different in your institution? So do people, uh, or is it still the case that you are one of the, the few people believing that uh, things will change or stay like they are at the moment? Yeah, the, the change is not is that I'm not more in the few. Uh, mm -hmm. a, a lot of colleagues have joined me in this kind of thought. But we, uh, I, I do see this uh, colleagues that are, okay, this is just for this semester, maybe the other, and, and 2021 will be back to normal. Mm -hmm. And I, every time I hear that, I, I kind of, you know, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but... Uh, this is the normal mm. now, uh, but but it's not because just because of the pandemic. It's because of the whole the way things are. Uh, connections are pervasive, and computers are pervasive. You have uh, everywhere mm. you are. You have a uh, uh, you have a good connection. Uh, I, I was in my heart. This would happen after the rollout of five G. So I, 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 got, I, I was thinking, oh, okay, we have to be prepared because when the 5G network is fully implemented, it will be inevitable. And that was a very, uh, very positive reading that I was doing of the situation because it's already implemented. We are doing it now. And, and everybody that deals with the administration of the educational process, they are taking notice that mm. this thing is happening and this thing is working. But let's come back again to one of, I mean, probably this is a stupid question, but I would like to uh, ask it, however, uh, because I don't understand it fully. I mean, I would assume, at least in my institution, one of the problems that we saw was that not that we lost some students, right? So that there, there, there was a given percentage, something between 5 and 15% of the students who disappeared, right? They were no longer visible to us uh, in many cases. And one of the reasons for this might have been that uh, you know, the, the costs um, for uh, IT, internet access, a place where you can sit and work and so on, were not affordable for all of them. Um, and if this assumption is true for an average Austrian or German uh, university, I would assume that it is also true uh, for a Brazilian average institution. And perhaps the problem is even worse there. So how how what do you do with those people? I mean, do you declare them as, as lost or do you subsidize um, their, their, their learning or what, or do you ask those to come back to campus? Or how will you deal with this? Uh, the number I heard yesterday uh, for my own unity mm -hmm. um, was 7.9%. Uh, yeah, that's quite an average European number. That, that, that was could our be. loss. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that's the. I, 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 I'm, I'm saying here. I, I'm talking about the imagining, right? Mm -hmm. I don't believe it's the same number for all units in my institution, because as as I'm saying, my my uh, my public, my my students, they are all well on computers and well connected. Yeah, I because it's computer it's science. I mean, this is really... Science, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's not only computer science. It's yeah. computer science, it's administration, and it's tourism administration. Mm -hmm. So uh, in tourism administration, we've got our, our well, worst case scenario, I would say. Mm -hmm. It was harder for the students. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I, I would assume the number for the institution as a whole statewide uh, wasn't that big because mm. we got a we got a a, a side effect uh, that should be considered 
people are losing their jobs. Uh, uh, this is a public uh, uh, institution. Nobody will pay for anything here. Uh, so it's uh, too much of a good opportunity to lose in the middle of a pandemic, let's say. Mm -hmm. So our, I believe our retention uh, numbers, they would be dire directly connected to that. Mm -hmm. But that's, uh, again, we don't have any researches now for that. And, uh, and the only number I know is from my own unit, that's 70.9%. That was what I heard yesterday. Mm -hmm. And will you take any action to address those people? So will, or will you just go on? At this moment, I don't know. Uh, probably uh, we'll go. Uh, we are ready. Uh, 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 what I'm saying is not true. Uh, when we notice that the students is not uh, participating, uh, we got a process to contact the student and to understand what's happening. There are situations we can help. There are situations we can't help. Mm -hmm. uh, family problems of different sorts, uh, changes in, in working regimes, we really can't deal with that. But uh, for example, the connection, when, every student we mapped that they were not going to the classes because they have a connection problem, uh, they received a, a, a free SIM card, a data SIM card from the institution. Mm -hmm. And who paid and, for this? The institution pays for the access? Yes, the state. The state pays uh, for this. Wow. The state pays for this. The institution pays for this. I, I don't. I. I don't. I would hate to be the person uh, doing the report and trying to explain why they were giving away SIM cards to people. You know, I, I believe it would be a fun report to read. Mm -hmm. But uh, it happened. It, it really happened. They they said when we understood when we mapped that the students were not going to the classes because they don't have the connection they receive the SIM card. Mm -hmm. uh, now, we can probably do that, but in the past, this same institution was subsidizing uh, and, uh, or giving even uh, laptops for students. I don't know, five years, six years ago, we are literally giving computers to, to all the students that wanted computers, notebooks. And that's still happening. So if a student can't afford no, a laptop, no, 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 it's not happening at this point, and it will probably not happen because we would not be able to to meet the the costs like at, at mm -hmm. this moment. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know if it will happen in the future, but uh, the the currency rate it's too unfavorable in front of the dollar to to do that. Mm -hmm. So students need to have some kind of device then. If they don't have a device, they, they can't follow they can, classes. They can follow classes, but it, yeah. but it will work with a cell phone, it will work with a computer, it will work with a tablet. And we've mm -hmm. got situations, we got a, a, the students only have the, the, the cell phone. Mm -hmm. And they, oh, teacher, how will I uh, deliver the, the, the assignment you sent because it was I was supposed to do on the on the on the computer and uh, okay you do it on your uh, notebook you take picture of it and you upload the pictures mm -hmm. and it worked mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how are you doing the exams oh I I uh, majority of my classes I work with uh, uh, an approach of problem learning based and and uh, we kind of develop a, a, a project through the whole semester. So mm -hmm. in the beginning of the semester, they start to, we present some concepts and some ideas, and they start even to construct a software product or to write an essay about a certain subject. And we have a milestone that's supposed to be met. And uh, I will, Evaluate then on their on these milestones and from the overall achievement during the semester. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's that's my way of doing. I like it because I, I I believe it's more interesting to have the students uh, constructing their own learning. It's interesting. But I have colleagues that were just given uh, normal uh, evaluations through the uh, even the Zoom meeting or the Moodle platform, and mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. are working. Yeah. 
And uh, I mean, when it comes to written exams, do, do people care about identification and authentication and all these, these boring computer science stuff? I don't think we have this this problem, you know, you, you really can say if it's your student or if it's not your student that is doing something, mm -hmm. if you're really uh, following them through the classes, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, uh, is it possible to have fraud, frauds? Maybe it is, but uh, uh, usually the teacher is really aware of where their students are and what they are doing. Mm -hmm. As I told you, they are small classes. Mm -hmm. If we, if you were dealing with 200, 108 people in a in a classroom, uh, I, I don't yeah. imagine how we we would do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's of course an obviously an important difference. Obviously, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, Rubens, uh, if I may, I would ask. So to come slowly to an end with this, uh, one very, okay. very difficult question, perhaps. Uh, but if you have anything else that you want to add, please go ahead before that. But the difficult question would be, if you were uh, in my shoes, being a, a professor of law, what would be the field you would uh, invest when it comes to research uh, into? So what would you, or, or let's put the question like this, what would you expect professors of law to do research on at the moment in this situation. And the second part of the question would be, what will be your personal next big research project because of this uh, situation all of us are in? I, I've been thinking a lot about um, the boundaries of democracy mm -hmm. and uh, the way digital divide and social divide are bringing all over the world democracies to their knees and the rise of populist uh, discourses. I, I'm a historian, so that's, uh, I, I see a very bleak pattern developing. And um, if I was going to be a law student, uh, I would be probably looking to the interactions of the fundamentals and economy and technology and how these three things will impact uh, democracies all over the world. I believe mm -hmm. that's, that's the, the thing of the future and that's what's in the back of my mind kind of permanently now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, well, That's and one my... example, one example of this could be uh, the use of apps, uh, which brings me to another question that I should have asked, which is about the app situation. Are you using apps apart from this funny beach area COVID nineteen app? Is there one that that tries to fight the disease? It's still uh, connecting with the democracy thing and the, the yeah. whole. Uh, we got a. a as in, as in everywhere, we got a surge of the delivery apps like Uber Eats, and mm -hmm. we have native version here in Brazil. And the level of exploitation that these apps submit people with no choice, it's kind of a, an interesting way. Mm -hmm. Maybe the way apps circumvent the law mm -hmm. is, uh, is a good thing for research. Yeah, that would be a good topic indeed. Yeah, and do but specifically now about COVID nineteen, do you have a specific app trying to no. trace contacts, no. for example? No, 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 we don't have okay. that here. We, no, we, we, I know how hard it is to 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 grasp your mind around that, but it's kind of normalized, it, you know. Yeah, uh, the the vaccine is social. Hmm. People hmm. will just. I I, I believe. And I'm a historian, I shouldn't, should not be ever talking about the future. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we got specific classes <laughs> teaching us not to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I believe if the numbers got too high or higher than what they are now, uh, you can have social unrest. Mm. That two, uh, higher numbers combined with the eroding economies, uh, they will uh, probably 
lead us to kind of some kind of social unrest. Hmm. But that's a projection, and it's not something that uh, is scientific. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to your your research, is there anything that you would like to share with us? What you will be working on then in the next weeks, month, years? Years, I'll probably be working with this whole limits of democracy and the actual. So it's model. it's your project and my project in your view, right? So <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We can we can work together. <laughs> yeah, indeed, we can. Yeah, yeah. More more, more immediately, I am uh, writing some light-hearted uh, research on how uh, social changes and work and sexuality and uh, family relations are being represented in cartoons and comic books mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's uh but that, but that's a side it's kind of a, a side gig i just do that because it's fun my yeah. my my main thing is uh, to to reflect on the limits of democracy and where what are we entering mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Rubens. I'm, I'm, uh, my, I'm, my pleasure, Nicholas. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed by all this, honestly, because I think, um, I mean, it's very hard to comment on such a situation from an outside perspective, as you can, might imagine, obviously, right? So it's, uh, uh, it's very, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's very uh, threatening what you are telling us here, um, and, and, and frightening, yes. um, and. Oh. I, I really do hope that uh, that the situation uh, will at least that will I don't know how and I don't know when but that at least sometime the the situation will become better. That's my hope too. I I I really appreciate talking to you again. Yeah. It's a it's a long time. I, I thank you for the invitation. And anytime you want to chat, yeah, <laughs> just call will, just call yeah. me and we can. I'm sorry yeah. not to give more enlightened perspectives, no, but uh, yeah, and uh, hopefully, that's yeah, hopefully next time when we talk, uh, be it on this channel, be it uh, uh, directly, personally, hopefully there will be more light and less darkness in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole the whole COVID subject is kind of a dark and heavy, but uh, yeah. Yeah, we but like, let's take let's take the positive part of it, which is that you were rather optimistic about the digitalization aspects of the development, right? And oh, you... okay. Let me let me just uh, do a, a a small correction here. I don't mm -hmm. want to sound optimistic. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I'm what I'm saying is that it's inevitable. Mm -hmm. I'm not making a, a a value of if it's good or if it's bad. Mm. Uh, what I'm saying is, it's inevitable. It will happen, mm. and it will happen. Uh, it, it was something that I was aware that was going to happen, but now it's something that has already happened. So mm. we, 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 we are, we Indeed. are there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to judge whether this is a positive or negative development, right? That's. I I got I have mixed feelings. Mm -hmm. It's practical in uh, in a sense. In other, I'm giving classes to that small light on my camera mm -hmm. without seeing my students, mm -hmm. and I really think the feedback is important. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and and to have the classes, all classes should be uh, in person. I don't know, maybe not all the classes, but you need some kind of contact. And, and to lose the, the human touch is it's complicated and it's it has side effects mm -hmm. for everything yeah do you know by the way rubens that i remember you being the very first person in my life whom i met who covered his cam on on the laptop <laughs> i so, remember yeah. i remember so, and, i, I and remember was, your yeah, I 10 remember years your ago. face yeah, yeah i yeah, remember yeah, your yeah. face when yeah, look at it yeah and yeah I, yeah yeah and I, and I, I was like, oh, oh, why do you cover your camera? And then I explained it to you, and you were like, really? Yeah, for yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was five years before Snowden and all this, or 10 years yeah, before that, was, so it was really yeah. so. I, I'm, I'm the deep geek. 
Yeah, or yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that that's <laughs> that's a good description. Yeah, <laughs> let's keep it like this. Rubens, uh, is there? I mean, uh, that is in my view a very nice ending, right? To say hi in the deep geek, and I I mean, when, just one comment about the uh, speaking to into the camera. I mean, that in 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 the prior part of this conversation, you. You, in my view, rightly said that your students are communicating with you by different means and that it's not only about you speaking into this camera, right? There are yes. particular students who are introverts shy. or shy and, and uh, I don't know, communicate differently and so on. They, there, is a, there is an ocean of opportunities for them coming with this, uh, which is very different from, from the little red dot on your, on your laptop. Yeah, I would be happy in a mixed world. Yeah, yeah. So let's hope that this mixed world is coming. Um, Rubens, thank you. Thank you for this uh, very, very uh, interesting and, and at the same time frightening, but at the same time also eyes opening conversation that I really very much appreciated. Um, I hope that we keep in touch for the next 10 or 15 years and then, let's, and then have another occasion. I mean, I hope that we talk more frequently, but then let's have a conversation about this conversation and how it, how it then appears. Um, I really appreciate this. Um, I hope that you uh, stay safe as uh, much as you can um, and healthy and that we will um, have a lot of more opportunities to talk to each other. Thank you very much also to our audience for following us. Uh, I hope also that you stay healthy and, um, and that you keep in touch with us. Um, all the best to all of you. Thank you. Thank you, Nicola.